Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Over-identification with your child can be an issue, a big issue. Attachment with your child is necessary. Now, there's a, the whole attachment parenting. To be honest, I don't know enough about it to, to, to comment on it. But I do like to say, in adolescence especially, middle, definitely late adolescence, there has to be a form of detachment parenting. I mean that in the most loving way possible. A detachment from the over-identification that many parents do with their child. Over-identifying with their successes. Over-identifying with their failures. Over-identifying with their trophies, their rewards, their GPA, their SAT. I remember talking to a parent of a freshman in high school and introducing the topic of allowing the child to make more decisions, giving the child more space to be themselves, develop a true and authentic sense of self, you know, those types of things. Because this, this high school freshman was unwilling, said that they could not make basically any decision. Very small decisions could not be made. There was an anxiety, a fear of making any decision, so the parents would jump in and make the decision for them. What to wear, what to do, what to eat, all those decisions were made. I was trying to point out how this is an issue and could become an even bigger issue. And I screwed up by, by, by asking the parent, you know, if your child goes off to college, which you said is a plan, I mean, do you want her calling you every five minutes while she's on campus asking you what to do next? And the parent looked dumbfounded, confused by my question, and said, well, of course, of course I want her to call me every minute of every day while she's at school. She was dead serious. Oh, okay. So this idea, this concept, isn't quite as obvious as you would think. To make this point, sometimes when working with parents, give another example here, a parent will sit down and, and describe the concerning behavior of their child And the concerning behaviors are the high schooler is beginning to to skip classes after lunch. Grades are dropping. And he was late for his curfew consecutive Fridays. I want to say these, these things aren't good. But when a parent will describe these things to me and you can tell that they're over-identified with the child, you will notice that they're not able to see these behaviors objectively. Not only do they see them as concerning, they see them as terrifying. The end of the world. And something, if continued, will result in their child dropping out of school, becoming homeless being addicted to drugs, and or dead. So when I can see, when I can feel, when I can hear a parent over-identifying with their child, and they describe these concerning behaviors, I will say something 
in, in a provocative way when the report is over, something like, you know what? I'm just not that concerned. And this is done in a way to, I guess, make a point and to provoke a response, which is usually some form of, well, he's not your son. And I'll say, exactly. What is it about him being your son that is getting in the way of you being able to see these things clearly and connect with your child? What is it about her being your daughter that is getting in the way of you being able to listen and have a conversation with her? An adolescent's dependence on their parent can feel good in the moment for the parent. I'm their everything. They need me. But it isn't a sustainable approach. It isn't a long-term strategy. Our adolescents need to practice making choices and utilizing other resources than their parents. These things will be key, will be essential for maturation and for eventually becoming independent. There needs to be less advice, less direction, and more questions around, well, what do you think? And this just doesn't apply to the the choices that your child makes. It applies to who your child is, who they become. Let your child be themselves. Celebrate the uniqueness of your child. I remember the greatest praise compliment that I could get from my dad. The one that felt the best was, Nick, you're a carbon copy of your old man. And in the moment, that felt really good. And it took several years to see the problem in that. And wait, when you're most pleased with me, it's because I'm behaving in a way that mirrors you? And that's where you jump in with the praise? That's not cool. And then there's the, the, the weird version of this when we're unsatisfied with our children. We'll say things like, well, you're just like your father. Or, oh, you are your mother's daughter. Oh, don't do this one, please. Don't communicate disapproval of your child by pointing out by saying that they're behaving in a way that's similar to their mom or dad. So many of our kids learn early that in order to please their parents, they must behave in ways that mimic the best of that parent. We cannot expect our youth to take on and exhibit all the best of us. And, it's, and there's more to it. It's not, that's not enough. They also must correct our mistakes. They must be proficient or excel in our deficiencies. Oh, it's too much. It's an unrealistic, unfair, and unhealthy expectation. I'll encourage parents often to to use more of a, this is our child, Unless this is my child, because it is the possession of the child that, especially in adolescence, can become problematic 
not just for the parent-child relationship, but for the child in their maturation. If you stand up and clap at the baseball game when your son hits a home run, and you stand up and clap and yell, that's my boy. Are you going to be the dad who stands up and claps in the courtroom first time he gets a minor in the possession of alcohol in college? You're going to show up to the court date, stand up and, that's my boy. Now you may push against that and say, that's ridiculous. I say that to just kind of get you to think a bit. Do we yell out? Do we clap? Do we tell others? That that's my child. Only when they succeed. And possibly the message that that sends to them. When you announce to yourself, to others, to the world around you that that's your child. Is it when they behave, when they perform, when they create a product that impresses you or impresses others? Something to think about. The goal is to have them develop an authentic self. And I do realize, of course, as a parent, you're going to have an influence on their character, a significant influence on the personality of your child. But be aware you do not need to create a mini-me. So one of the greatest things that you can do for your child is notice the differences in them. Notice personality, character, interests, that are different from you, different from their parents. You can be excited about that. If we don't over-identify, we can detach in a healthy way and notice those differences and get out of the egoic expectations of the child. When they begin to show interests that are outside of yours, when they begin to disagree with you, When they begin to ask for more independence, we can celebrate these things. The opposite is a possessive relationship. And if it is a possessive relationship that you have with your child, with your adolescent, then you will find parental relevance in controlling that child. Controlling them in a way where they make you feel all the things that you want to feel And then control them in a way so they don't make you feel what you absolutely don't want to feel, which is maybe fear or embarrassment or less than some other parent. Some parents seem to use two main words to direct behavior, to control the behavior of their child. The two words being proud and disappointed. Looked up the definition, proud, adjective, feeling deep pleasure or satisfaction as a result of one's own achievements, qualities, or possessions, or those of someone with whom one is closely associated. It can be argued that pride is a possessive adjective. I'm not telling you to never tell your child that you're proud of them, but maybe think To ask them if they're proud of themselves, what's the experience that they have of their achievement, and more importantly, what did they do 
in order to reach that outcome that we may feel proud for. So that's about jumping into their process. And on the opposite end, disappointed, adjective, sad or displeased because someone or something has failed to fulfill one's hopes or expectations. It is the end there that really sticks out to me has failed to fulfill one's hopes or expectations. We need our youth developing their own expectations of themselves. And that can be difficult or impossible if their motivational system is entirely made up of meeting and hopefully exceeding their parents' hopes and expectations. And again, I'm not telling you to never tell your kid that you're disappointed. But encouraging a focus on being interested, curious, having a conversation on whether they're disappointed with themselves. Because that would show that they've developed or developing a true sense of self and building expectations on themselves and their behavior. So this summer, let's look at these two words. Proud. Disappointed. Let's think about if we're over identifying with our youth. If we are, how can we become aware of that, accountable for that, and how can we take action to have a more appropriate level of attachment so we don't get in the way of them developing their own sense of self? And with all these topics in parenting, the opposite is not what I'm encouraging. Total detachment is called neglect, and that is not good. My assumption, if you're listening to this podcast, is that you're not on that neglect, totally detached side of the spectrum, but you could be closer to this over-identifying, possessive, controlling side. It's not about shutting off attachment, but it could be about looking at ways to, to turn that down in a healthy way as your child matures in adolescence. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.